I feel like Cheetah, while great, nobody wants to take her away from Diana. So I was no. like, let me get the fine. next. I was like, let me get the next best thing going. But they they should take it from Diana because like girl, that matchup don't make no sense. Well, isn't it supposed to be like Cheetah has like strength? She gets very strong. Strong enough to fight Diana. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, she hasn't killed her yet. See, and she said she killed her villains. Allegedly. We saw that movie. Um. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, we saw that movie. All right, all right. Hello, and welcome back to another relaunch. We're your host. I am, oh, um, Doctor Light, Kimio, not the not 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 the, not the, not the guy. He's not good. Well, yeah, he's not a good guy. <laughs> he's not good. Yeah, <laughs> and I will be uh, Carol Ferris, Star Sapphire. Ooh, you know. yes, tits out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that, definitely seems, that definitely seems like your type of character now that I think about her. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you like her? Because I know you don't really you know, gel with how. I, I, I do not. <laughs> I, I do not. I don't really see if I have. And I actually do like her. I don't like her when they try to make her into this, like, weird, crazy villain for him. I like her when she's like more of her own character and she's just like a part of the Starfire core, you know, and, and doing that whole thing. But when they try to make her into this like crazy character, she's in the Injustice League and stuff. I really yeah, I think a lot of the times that I've seen her, especially especially in animation now that I think about it, she's always seems to be like the scorned ex who's like, I'm yeah. just but it's like, girl, get a life. <laughs> and they tend to do that a lot, I feel like, with a lot of the star sci-fi characters. Like, they're always, like, the scorned exes of a Green Lantern or something. And they just come around to make things miserable. It's like, don't do the girls like that. Driven in massage. That's how, that's, how you know, <laughs> that's how you know they're created by men, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they don't got no clothes on and they're bitter exes. <laughs> Just like nasty, just nasty. Oh my gosh. Um, but other than that, how are you doing this week, my dear? I'm good. You know, um, for those of people who are watching, you see I'm on location right now. Um, you know, decided at the last minute to go to Palm Springs with a friend because why have a hot girl summer? We can have a hot girl year. <laughs> you know, okay. The, the party. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I'm out here living. How are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. It finally got cold in D.C., which is, like, great, because now I don't have a reason to go outside. I have, like, a legitimate excuse. It's too cold. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, it's been cool. Uh, a lot of things happened this week. I had some good comics. Eternals came out, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and get started and get right into it. Now, I'm not going to lie. I had a bit of a light pull this week for me. is like I still have five books. 
but I didn't read all of them. Because <laughs> I had other things going on, unfortunately. I've actually been playing a lot of my Guardians of the Galaxy game, which has been taking a lot of my time. And I have the... Um, I, I've seen all the reviews that say that it's great. What it's very high. It is very high. Like, this is what Avengers should have been. Like, the ability to, like, kind of still control one person, like, play as one person, but control the rest of your team, the movements that they do, the storyline is actually really good. You can tell they mixed a little bit of the comics version with some of the MCU and kind of made it its own story, which is cool. I think when it when it leads a little too heavily into the MCU versions, obviously I kind of get annoyed because I don't really mess with the MCU Guardians like that. But it's still original enough that you're into the story it's really interesting um there's been so many guest characters and cameos of former guardians from the comics uh you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played of course but uh there's been a jack flag sighting uh there's like dossiers on moon dragon quasar wendell vaughn my girl the... oh yeah <laughs> hold up. on <laughs> uh, Mantis... <laughs> yeah mantis has popped up in the game she actually kind of like joins the team as an npc for a little bit um as does adam warlock which was very exciting to me and you're just like the world of school you're seeing so much of the space stuff the Aconte, the nova corps um it's hot yeah they're like they're in there like some of the jokes are actually funny um at times and like the way the team bonds. <laughs> 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 And uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a really fun game. Like, I highly recommend it to anybody who gets it. I, I know a lot of people, I, at first I was saying, joking, oh, why people think a game centered around Star-Lord would be bad. But I completely understand from Avengers, a game that I also bought, why one would be apprehensive about more Marvel games. But this one's up there. And it gives me hope for the future of Marvel gaming. Because as we know, they've just, like, announced they're going to have about five more or something coming. Yeah, and supposedly the rumor that I'm seeing right now is that the first one, I forget the company that was going to be re- responsible behind it, it's either going to be a Fantastic Four game or an Ant-Man game. Which I think either of those would be very would fresh and different. And obviously, uh, we know. <laughs> I'm going to pick Fantastic Four. <laughs> well, not, not even just because of that. I just um, I think about like Ant-Man's powers and how they would make that game look. That's going to be like very exciting. Uh, I was actually gonna think the same thing because, like, while I would want the Fantastic Four game, I would definitely buy the Ant Man one too because I don't think they've ever really done the whole like shrinking, growing kind of thing in a game like, that would be really cool. If, if they give him something where he can get on top of ants and fly around, mm-hmm. it'd be fun. Come on, Ant Man, I'm here for it. Watch it, don't even. Yeah. Have <laughs> um, but with that let's go ahead and get to these comics of the week again not like a super huge pull this week um, but we'll start out with one that I was super excited for and that is the Batman Superman special featuring the authority that comes from Philip Kennedy Johnson and it had a, a slew of artists on there hold on it was Trevor Hairsign, Jonathan Glapion, Scott Hanna and Rain Barreto now yeah. you have been fully caught up on action comics and everything that's going on in there right Oh, I'm I'm fully invested. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'm in now. Um, what we need to be trying to figure out is how to get Philip Kennedy Johnson over into the Marvel books because uh, he's great. 
<laughs> he is good. He's a good one. Like DC's got like a high roster. I feel like I say that a lot now, but like DC's got a high roster of talent on the line. So it's like good for them. Uh it took us a while to get here. But here in this book, it's just uh <laughs> here in this book, um, Batman comes to Superman. He has this mission that he needs a team on that he's not taking the Justice League about. And as the authority team that Superman has now assembled is getting ready to go to War World, he feels like, oh, this could be like a nice little practice mission for them. Uh, basically, there is this Dark Bruce in the Dark Multiverse who has this like group. They are called the 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 something the, of shadows. The, the Empire. The Empire. The, the, I, I was about to say the Empire of Shadows, but I was like, I don't know why that didn't sound right. But I'm still thinking of the League of Shadows. But they even say like, no, yeah. this ain't the League of Shadows. It's the Empire of Shadows, <laughs> and they are trying to cross over to like just take over Earth Prime and like destroy everybody and do everything. And so Batman's like, we need to go there first to stop them. And once we get there, they go via Enchantress. I just, again, this is like a good practice mission for the team. So we get to see a little bit more of them, how they work together, how they gel, and having them form Batman and Superman interact throughout because Batman's like, look, these people ain't ready. I don't know if you can trust them. This is kind of crazy. Superman's like, you came to me and we're going to get it done. And that's what it is. Like, this mm-hmm. is the thing I got. This is who you're going to get. Um, but just, I think it was, like, a very nice, fun, one-and-done issue, showcasing the team, giving us a little bit more into them and kind of showing us we've only really seen this team under Grant Morrison and the Superman and the Authority miniseries. And this is the first time we're getting, like, a real taste of them from Phil Killing Johnson. And he knocks it out of the park, in my opinion. Truly. I would love if he could, like, continue on with this Authority team, if he was going to continue on with, I don't know, Please continue on action cuts or whatever. But if there was like these kind of this tandem book, that would be fantastic because I actually really like this team. Um, in the beginning, you know, characters that I always end up liking are characters that I relate with, like on a personality and stuff. And uh, Apollo <laughs> in the beginning, when Light Ray had her feet up on that table and he was like, um, <laughs> like girl, do you like a coaster or something? <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, honestly, Midnighter and Apollo throughout this entire thing was really fantastic. And it really made me, reminded me how much I miss an ongoing with them. They're one of my favorite um, comic book couples because they just feel so like real. And it, there's never a question of whether or not they're going to be together if, if they are like, a unit they just do their own thing and i like the way that um midnighter kind of teases apollo because he knows apollo probably thinks like some of these men around him are attractive and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and apollo's like i mean and i love how apollo was like teasing midnighter because midnighter is very obviously jealous of batman and it's like he yeah. is like he is bothered and he's like who is this man that thinks he is like this great guy and that everybody is fond of he's like why does this universe have like a whole cult worshiping him like i don't understand he's like here i am in my black outfit, in my black latex, and like doing what needs to be done, and nobody's doing this for me. So like that was super cute. I really loved the way that they did that relationship because I think this was. I can't think of the last time I've seen Bruce and Midnighter interact. So oh, they, they said this in the comic, and I think this is their first time. First they, time like, ever meeting, right? That, oh, it's their first time ever meeting each other. Yeah. And I was like, that's so cool because again. Everybody knows they'd be like drawing parallels with those two. Really great character interactions throughout. Um, I love when the team actually, after like towards the end when they won, how Bruce comes to Clark and he's like, you know, you asked the league and me to go to War World, and we said no. He's like, I asked you to go to a whole nother multiverse that has nothing to do with us, and you like came with no hesitation. 
and it's just like mm-hmm. I love that about them, and I love that there's a, still the respect. And Clark even says he's like, no, you guys were right to say no. This isn't something that you all should be doing. He's like, but you know, I'm always gonna be here for you. I really, I think I'm starting to like that friendship a little bit more these days. Superman and Batman are hot. They they are they're friends. The respect like, there is just like, so like you feel it. <laughs> and it's like I guess I've always been a little apprehensive. To Clark because A, I never really read Superman books. I don't enjoy them. But then B, him and Arthur don't really get along. And so, you know, obviously. You gotta ride for your face. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but Bruce and Clark, they're cool. So I'm here for that. Um, The art was throughout was very interesting. It switched when they would go to like different parts from the real world to the dark multiverse to like the other rooms when intentionally I kidnapped. That artist for the uh the dark dimension, I thought that was really cool. And that they it's kind of cool. even accept, like, oh, we look different, which I thought mm-hmm. was a really kind of commentary, like the artist switching. And Superman saying, like, you know, the laws of physics here are different, like, so we're going to feel different and look different. So I thought that was really cool. I was like, that's like, this is one thing DC does well, it's their little multiverse. But really solid issue. They, they do. I think anybody who's interested in these people, these characters, definitely pick this up. What would you rate it? Honestly, I would give this a four out of five. I really enjoyed this. I enjoy this team. I enjoy the the book and the story. The entire uh, it being like a one on a one and done thing in the dark dimension just to get more of a feel for the team. It's perfect yeah. kind of setup for like a little a little one shot. Um, I don't know if this dark dimension places like something that happened in Dark Knight Metal or something, or if this is like something that happened before because I wasn't oh, keeping up with that. Maybe that's they where this is from. Yeah, they talked about that this was, like, something that happened before. And, like, the League of Shadows basically won. <laughs> so, like, they became the Empire of Shadows and took over. And, like, basically the three general kids, kids are, like, Batman's kids <laughs> with Talia. Um, that was so it was interesting to see kind of them. It was kind of hot, yeah. I was going to with the three, like, little general kids. When they came in and presented, like, what they found with, like, the old Green Lantern ring and the helmet mm-hmm. of fate, I thought that was pretty uh, um, So, yeah, I liked it. It was hot. Four out Definitely. of five. Okay, I would agree with that. Very solid issue. Highly recommend it. I didn't even, like, think about the Dark Knight Metal connection. I just was going with it. I was like, oh, we know the multiverse exists in the DC universe now, so whatever. We can just go places. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to accept it. Um, it is a thing, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is a thing. But that's actually a really good callback. Maybe I'll go back and read Dark Knight's Metal because I also did not keep up with that. Mm-mm. I know, like, Wonder Woman had, like, Lasso was, like, uh, uh, like a starter for her buzzsaw sword or something. like in, was... like, a heavy metal. Did you ever play that game? Um, what was it? T- Twisted Metal Gear where they were, like, the cars? Twisted Metal. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> that, I saw, that like... You. That's what it reminded me of when I would see a lot of the promo shots, like mm. cars, stuff they were driving. And I was like, that was fun to play, but I don't think I want to read it. Mm-mm. We'll see. You know, I'm not really always into like multiverse stuff anyway, but who knows? I guess supposedly it had like real ramifications. So. In the DCU? <laughs> well, if, if you if you read if you read. DC Metal, Dark Knight's Metal, please let us know what you thought and if it's worth going please. back to. Okay. Um, next up on the list is Mr. Miracle, The Source of Freedom, number six. And this is actually the final issue of this little mini-series here. It's from Brandon okay. Easton and Fico OCL. And 
it was fun. It was cute. I think I'm a, everybody knows like I'm kind of a Mr. Miracle fan. I love the new gods. I love the fourth world, all that Kirby stuff. Um, so I've been into Shiloh since he was introduced however many decades ago. And when I was like reading about Miracle and Barda and he was introduced with them. And I think this was a perfect miniseries to kind of like reintegrate him into the DCU continuity now. We have, uh, he's been popping up in those future state backups and like we weren't really sure what was going on, but again, there's a lot of, which really makes me think he is going to be a part of the authority at some point. I'm like really trying to put that energy out into the universe because mm-hmm. it's just a lot of stuff with the space time continuum. Again, even in this miniseries, he was dealing with the child of Barda and Scott who had somehow gotten erased because like she was in the space time continuum messing stuff up. But he also meets Oberon, who was uh, one of the caretakers oh. yeah, um, from the fourth world. And we find out about his connection to the original Mr. Miracle. We see his parents again. And it was just a really nice way to kind of connect all those dots and implement him and uh, plant him in a bunch of different, you know how you always say characters in the universes? They planted mm-hmm. him in a bunch of different so it's like he can kind of do the street thing if he wants to because of his job he can enter the uh fourth world new god stuff because of the mother boxes and how he's connected to them you can now integrate him in with the authority because of the stuff he did with midnighter and superman and future state and dealing with the space-time continuum so it was just really nice to do that and i think if anyone's interested in this character or interested in any of those aspects they should definitely pick it up Okay. I will say, what would you rate? What would you give the issue? And then, like, what would you rate this like run? I would rate this issue a three point five. I only say that because so the art, um, the art's very stylized. It's got a little bit of a cartoony feel to it at times. I think the colors are very bright and vibrant. However, I think it oversaturates the page sometimes, especially with that Mister Miracle color costume. Like red, yellow, and green are kind of harsh. <laughs> and so it's like, we had too much of that, and then he's got, like, these little yellow discs he flies on, and his energy blasts are yellow, and then, like, uh, Barda's daughter is like, got her energy blast, like, the page is just like, whoa, okay, my eyes hurt a little bit. But <laughs> other than that, I think it's pretty solid. Uh, the series as a whole, I would, I would rate it as a four. I think it was a very solid telling of Shiloh, like I said, introducing him into the current DC continuity, and yeah, it's just a good story. Recommend. Recommend. It's only six issues, so keep up with that. Um, You know, I really do like how DC's kind of been doing these little contained series of, you know, you got a certain number with the possibility to expand. Swamp Thing also came out this week from uh, Ryan B. and Mike Perkins. I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but I'm sure it's amazing. But they also just announced that that series has now been extended to 16 issues, which is like going to be oh, great. So there's a nice little year to it. Yeah, it's been getting really again. It's been getting good reviews. You guys I, should get I have all of it on my timeline <laughs> on like on most like comic book things. All I've ever seen people talk about is Swamp Thing being really really good. So highly recommend check that, that out. And um, also for those who are fans of magic, there's a uh, image book the magic order that's written by mark miller and the first version had uh, olivia quapel on art they've done like a second version of that that came out this week um that's on my list that i really need to get to Stuart uh Amonin is actually doing the Ooh. art that's, yeah so it's like going to be really exciting i need to get into it but and our last book on the list is winter guard number three and that's from ryan katie with jen with art from jen balsadua um i'm not gonna lie to you i forgot to pick this up this week I mean, well, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. It was just okay. 
<laughs> oh no! I read it. And was Yelena given? Okay. That's all I really care about. Yelena wasn't even featured that much in this, actually. She, um, maybe that's why I wasn't that great. <laughs> but uh, neither was Dark Star. You know, I kind of got into this mini because I like Dark Star, and I thought I would get a little bit more of her. But this issue was pretty much you find out about um. Dracula is the main kind of person that is doing a lot of speaking in this issue. Yeah. So the the last issue when they uh, found out they needed to go get something from Dracula, this issue, the Winter Guard shows up to Dracula's court, and there's this whole like conversation between the two the two parties, just like basically BSN and who can who can measure the the longest, basically, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then they finally talk about how that um uh what's his name red guardian that mm-hmm. he basically came across these um this information that could basically like get out and like change the world if, if they found out about all these different like dealings and stuff that went on and he separated it out into like four different parts scattered out the four, the four parts everywhere and the last piece of the of the four parts he gave it to dracula which i didn't know that like Red Guardian and Dracula were like a a, a thing because the way that they talk about it in this, like I guess Red Guardian's past, like he had a past with Dracula and that's like his arch villain, but like you know, not when arch it villain. Came time for him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, when, it came, when it came time for him to break up these pieces, like one of them he had to go back and give it to Dracula because he knew he'd, he'd use it for leverage and like never destroy it if he ever needed it or something. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this whole like back history with red guardian and (laughs) and dracula but okay um yeah and then uh yelena and red guardian end up showing up also to dracula's keep and like everyone's on the table just saying like you know i who who wants the piece the most dracula basically ends up giving it to red guardian red guardian and uh and yelena take the piece and dip they just don't even like wait around talk it out with the take the piece and bounce (laughs) and um they finally get out they try to break free and they have a helicopter waiting to pick them up yelena and red guardian are on it but red guardian kicks yelena off of the helicopter and he says Mm -hmm. i have to take this like by myself from here on out like i gotta do this solo kicks her down and she has to take on the winter guard i'm assuming in the next issue Okay. I'll, so, be, I'll be back for that one. Issue four is the money. Yeah, the, sounds like the final might be the finale might be where it's at, but like so far this this penultimate issue because I think it's only a four part uh, mini. Oh. This was all right. It was mostly, mostly a bunch of like Dracula talking about how like I was that bad bitch and I'm the one who has the the piece. Okay. So like everybody got to listen to me. <laughs> Okay. Um, do you think this series will make you wanna like continue to read about the Winter Guard and all that? No. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I I would like to get a little bit more interested in them, but this yeah. did not really like make me be like, Oh yeah, I'm a big Winter Guard fan. You just want Dark Star back. Yeah. And I That's even not- that I thought I'd get a little bit more of her, but I have to be fair, it's not a Dark Stars mini. It's the Winter that Guard. Is, that is true. Could you imagine? Who would you have on a Dark Star mini, okay? <laughs> that would be hot. I uh-huh. feel like she'd have to end up doing something with Kokoa. Maybe we can get like a little 
a X-Men Unlimited arc or something. Oh, that would actually be really cute for her. Have her go, mm-hmm. like, have her hang out with the other Russian mutants, Colossus, Ileana. Um, she yeah. could even just bring Iceman around, because they're supposed to be homies from their champion days. The champions, yeah. Okay. He had, like, a crush, too, back in the day, before. You know how we, we all had yeah. a crush on a girl at some point. We all, I was gonna say, we all had a crush. <laughs> I had a girl. I had a couple girlfriends actually. Okay. Oh no, that's right. Same. <laughs> oh my god, this boy last night. This boy last night. I was like, I thought he was so cute, and um, I was like, oh, trying to talk to him. Really cute. He was tall, and he was like, I was with my homegirl who I came here with, and he was like, oh, I thought y'all were a couple. That's why I didn't talk to you earlier. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, let me tell you, my the oh, men. No. Like, we'll never, my homegirls hate going out with me because men always think I'm with them and they, like, won't hit on them. I'll never forget me and my homegirls. We went to New Orleans one year and I was walking around. We're, like, walking Burger Street and some man comes up to me and he's like, sir, if you don't hurry up and marry her, I'm going to do it. I said, oh, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me like, stop you. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. Give it a ring, homie. Um <laughs> So I feel bad. That's a struggle. But with that, let's go ahead. Let's take a little break and then we'll come back for our panel. I can't remember how to spell Icarus's name for some reason. Don't ask me why. Did you think it had two Ks? Yes. Or with a C? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it had the C, but I was putting two Ks. Two Ks. Is it? I think there I is an Icarus that has two Ks. Because I was like typing it, and I was like, this just does not look right for some reason. But I don't know. We're back. <laughs> Anywho. Welcome back, y'all, to the panel section of another relaunch. And this week, we're going to have the topic of switching around some rogues galleries. Now, you know, I'm a fan of a good villain, and um, I feel like right now, the villains haven't really been hidden the way that I feel like they should be in a lot of the books. Uh, The heroes have been doing some great stuff, but I would love to see, like, some villains really take some some, some large steps in there. But I think Mm -hmm. that would help is if a lot of the villains kind of switch you know how like kingpin kind of started as a like spider-man villain mm-hmm. but now he's way more associated with, like uh daredevil, daredevil and all of them yeah. yeah yeah you know i feel like sometimes switching up some villains could really like help maybe get some things started and may and increase some some really cool stories so i really want to talk about like if you could switch around villains to have them go after different heroes or switch some role galleries around what would you switch now uh i will kick it off and let you know that one of the ideas i had was iron man now i'm not the biggest iron man fan but i have read some iron man books back back around after avx i started to get a little bit more into him um and read some of his solo stuff and he's got a lot of like tech villains Okay. Obviously, you know, he's the bigger thing in the tech world. I think that it would be dope if Lady Deathstrike became a Iron Man villain. And, mm. you know, she's all about the tech and, and I like to think of her, I like to think of her as kind of like the the leader of the Reavers. 
Like, I don't, I don't know why I associate her with the Reavers, like, even though, like, I don't really know if they've been together in a while. But um, I would like to, to think of her as, like, the leader or, like, the matriarch yeah. of these Reavers who all, like, have these, like, cyborg enhancements to their body. And why not go and get, like, Iron Man arc reactor tech <laughs> to soup up your body if you're trying to be, like, this major cyborg? So I think that, like, her coming around and becoming a new villain for him, different kind of enemy for him to fight, and stuff. Yeah. I think that would be really cool to see. Okay. Do you so? Do you like when um, kind of techie heroes have mostly techie villains? Not necessarily. So I like. I do like it when there is a you know a magic villain for a tech hero because then they have to think of something outside the box to get around it. Um, but I do like for there. While I like that kind of opposite matchup, I do prefer when the villain and hero can kind of take each other. If that makes okay. sense. So yeah. if you've got some great tech, I right, have the other person have some great tech. Because if if you've got great tech, but like the other character is like, I don't know, telekinetic and can shoot fire blasts and stuff like that, all that tech probably ain't gonna do too helpful. You gonna <laughs> do? That, so. <laughs> You're gonna be on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I do prefer if they can at least like, you know, keep up a little fight bit. back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, have you ever been, like seen any moments where you liked when a villain kind of went after a different villain? Yeah, I think it's so exciting. I always just, I always used to want that for the X Men. You know, I think I've talked about it. I don't know if I've talked about it on here or not, but with folks about just X Men villains as a whole, I personally don't think the X Men has like a great roster of villains. I think they've got some really nice ones in between there. I think, but when you think about them as a whole, it kind of gets a little muddy. I think a lot of their stuff is fighting themselves or like fighting other mutants and i think now especially when you get to the skrakoa era i remember that was a big thing people were worried about it was like oh who are they going to fight and now we've introduced a lot of new ones for them but i always used to want like them to fight someone like the serpent society you know just to like get them out oh, there into yeah. the world. because i think that's also a group who kind of like aligns with their motives and their stories that they could uh, go up against and whenever mm -hmm. they come go against Cap, it's like very entertaining. So I would have always loved to see something like that. Um, there's actually someone mostly on the DC side who I think about when it comes to this. I actually have, I, I typed this out in my notes app. Shout out to the notes app. It really does save lives out here. It app. comes through. Oh, you know, this God. switching of the villains thing, I think really does help with like, instead of always having to create a new character, which I appreciate, you know, I do love a good new, a new villain. Um, like I said, the Box Supreme, I've been enjoying in Captain Marvel. Um, I've like, I think I might end up liking Dr. Stasis in X-Men. Um, okay. Just He's got to what he ends up being able to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what, if whatever he like, what his powers and stuff give. But sometimes I don't think you have to create something new. You could just like, you know, repurpose something out. Repurpose. Um, so on my DC side, everybody knows like I'm a huge... Uh, proponent for a Vixen solo series from DC Comics. I think one of the, but I, think I got some for her too. <laughs> okay. Um, but I think one of the big things about DC uh, heroes, especially mm, heroes in general, is that want to go solo is like you have to have an established rogues gallery. And Vixen is one of those characters who doesn't really have one. She's only ever really been on teams, so we haven't gotten to see too much of like her personal world. Um, but there are a couple of heroes that exist that I think could fit in line with her stories and make really nice. A, one would be Plastique. Uh, she actually showed up oh. in that oh. Justice League run that Vixen was a part of with like Red Arrow and Hot Girl and all of them. 
they had all of these villains attacking and like Plastique and Vixen kind of fought off against each other. And I was like, oh, that's giving hot because, you know, Plastique mm-hmm. is like throwing her bombs mm-hmm. and doing all the stuff. And like Vixen's like, oh, I got to turn to like a rhino to like not feel the blast to have strong skin. Um, and, you know, the girls always need another girl. Who may not remember Plastique. She was also in the um, Justice League Unlimited. Do you remember that episode when they did the, like that Task Force X that broke into the Watchtower? Oh, yeah. Uh, and they like, they, like, they, like, infiltrated by trying to be, like, some of the workers of the Watchtower. And, like, they mm-hmm. were, went up there and Plastique was in that. She was, she was hot in that, too. Plastique is a dog. Very much. Um, another one who I really like to go up against Vixen is one of... Captain, oh, his name isn't Captain Marvel anymore. Excuse me, I'm Shazam. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget the slap rights violation. (laughs) Um, Dr. Savannah, who's one of his villains, who's actually like one of the villains of his movie. Um, I think he's somebody who I would Mm -hmm. love to see fight Vixen. He deals with a lot of like mystical stuff and some science stuff. I think he would be very interested in her totem and like how it works in this connection to the red and everything like that. So I'd like to see them face up off against each other. Um, I also think Sportsmaster would be really fun to see go against Vixen. He's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, like he's just kind of like a guy who seems like he would clash with her a little bit, his motif and how they do. So, um, those are ones who I, like, really want to see get started off. And, like, if Vixen was to get a solo, like, those are three who I would love to kind of cement into her world and have her fight them. Also, Queen of Fables, who's originally a Wonder Woman villain, um, but mm-hmm. I don't think she does too much with Diana. And, again, I think of Mari and Vixen, and she kind of plays on, like, that supernatural, magical side a little bit at times. So seeing her face off against that would be cool. I think the red, in general, can lead to a lot of stuff for her. Okay, you you know what? Let's just go ahead and stick. We're not gonna change this into a vixen panel. <laughs> that, that'll come around. <laughs> but I will I will go ahead and tell you because I had some ideas for her too, and one of them was um, I would love for Cheetah to become a vixen villain. Mm-hmm. Now the way that I would think of like Cheetah becoming one would, you know, I would want her to probably want to like take her totem and use it to kind of break her curse. Like, she figures out that, like, maybe somehow the totem could help break her curse and, like, bring her back to being a regular woman. And I think those kind of fights between Cheetah and uh, Vixen would be hot because Vixen obviously could become a Cheetah, but, like, that would probably be too too evenly Mm -hmm. matched. She would be other animals. I think that would be, like, really dope to see the two, like, her become a villain. You know what's funny that you actually say you want Cheetah? Because I have on my list the character Hyena to fight Vixen. Um, Boom. Hyena. Hyena is actually a Firestorm villain. And um, nobody's reading about Firestorm these days. So it's like, he actually, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. So for this panel, I was doing like a lot of research and like different characters and who they fight and all that stuff like that. And I was like, he's actually got like a nice little solid roster of people who he goes up against. And I was like, but I was like, there's no Firestorm books. And he's nowhere to be. I was like, so all these great characters are just going away. So I was like, um, I feel like Cheetah, while great, nobody wants to take her away from Diana. So I was like, let me get the next... I was like, let me get the next best thing, and that would be Hyena. And so I was like, want to have her go up against But they, they should take her from Diana because, like, girl, that matchup don't make no sense. Well, isn't it supposed to be like Cheetah has, like, strength? She gets very strong. Strong enough to fight Diana. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, she hasn't killed her yet. 
NXT. And she said she killed her villains. Allegedly. We saw that movie. Um. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, we saw that movie. Did you hear they're, they're about to start working on the third one? That's sad. I think about that clip all the time of Miss Patty Jenkins talking to someone and she's, <laughs> and she's like talking about how the studio was saying, do not release this movie. And she's like, it looks stupid now. <laughs> but you she's like, it looks it. stupid now. You have to wait till the effects. It's done. So you have to wait. <laughs> and it's girl, we waited there. We saw. <laughs> Hey, it is so funny when you think about, like, just the history of that movie and everything that goes along with it. I can't believe... Did you see that Gal Gadot actually got announced to be the evil queen in the live-action Snow White? She is still getting roles. (laughs) You would think that would have been it. Like, what? They said it's an autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what I saw. (laughs) <laughs> that is crazy to me, but there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. Um, maybe she'll get Cheetah in that one, but yes, Cheetah, I think, would be cool to be Vic, fight Vixen. Um, I would love to see a little bit more of Batman's rogues branch out of Arkham, uh, just because I think they could... Yeah. I mean, but I think that's also a thing with Batman, too. It's just like, maybe I just don't want to see them fight Batman anymore, but it's like, I like to see a couple of people. Scarecrow is a villain who I really enjoy. I think him kind of spreading the fear toxin and going further, doing something else. I mean, there are other cities. He can go to Star City <laughs> and fight Green Arrow mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, now, do those ever feel weird to you? Like when you read a comic and a, a different villain would pop up in in your hero's book? Like, does that feel off? Or do you not really. welcome it? I welcome it because I feel like it makes it more of a shared universe. I'll never forget during that Gambit solo series that James Asimus wrote, he had Gambit fighting, mm, what's his name? The albino one? Hard case? Not hard case. Tombstone. Albino. The tombstone. Oh, yeah. The Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He had uh, Gambit going up against Tombstone. And, like, I don't know why I can remember his name, because I actually really like Tombstone. But uh, I thought that was, like, super interesting. And it fit in with Gambit. You know, he was, like, doing his, like, little thief thing, going around, stealing from people. And that brought him into the underworld and all this stuff. And he ended up fighting Tombstone. And I was like, oh, that's hot. That is cool. But I think it's probably easier for, like, street level. So you could, like... Sprinkle them around. <laughs> that happens. The streets where you want to be. Um, I think it's also interesting. I kind of love when the heroes also team up with other heroes to go fight their villains with them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think about something like Green Arrow. Red Hood popped up, and Batman had to come help take him down, which was always fun to see. And it's just like, oh, look at these folks. But like Red Arrow, Red Hood had teamed up with. Brick, who is one of Green Arrow's normal villains. So you kind of got like this crossover. I love when the villains interact because, again, why wouldn't these people talk to each other? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm into it. One of the other characters that Vixen was actually Poison Ivy because I thought, like, kind of like what you said with like the, the red and stuff, I felt like maybe the green and the red could have some kind of. I figure they have some kind of like turmoil or something over there. I know what the magic girls be like. The colors don't like each other. And... <laughs> That's more of a green arrow thing. I mean, green lantern thing, excuse me. What? <laughs> the colors not liking each other? That's green lantern. Okay. 
<laughs> well, um, <laughs> is there anyone who you think has like a really weak rogues gallery? Uh, um, sometimes I feel like while I do think that his rogues gallery is like individually they're popular, I just don't see how they could beat him, and it's, it's the Flash. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? I've actually heard really good things about Flash Rogues. Like, everyone yeah, who I know they're, who they're, Flash they're Rogues, cool. they say, like, Mirror Master, Gorilla Grodd. Who else does he fight? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think maybe Count, I think Count Vertigo might be one. Um, Count Vertigo. He's got like, there's this other, there's like a group of five or something like that, I think. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't read the Flash books. I don't see it for the speedsters. He's got, uh, oh, Captain Cold is one. Heat Wave. Um, I did like Captain Cold. Captain Cold is cool. Actually, one of his, one of his villains is someone I actually had on my list is someone I would change. And that is, um, Captain Boomerang. He should be a Green Arrow villain. That does like make sense. Oh! Oh, that does make sense. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. I like that a lot. Um, I would, I guess Flash does have some good villains. Shout out to him. Good for him. Spider-Man also has really good villains. I would love to see Vulture go against Falcon. A battle of the F- Falcon against Vulture. And just like having them fight up in the air because falcon is like this character who is supposed to be really good at flying obviously and i think about it's funny we were just having a conversation on twitter about warren words and tens of third the x-man known as angel and how he's kind of like a useless x-man he's not smart like scott i mean smart like hank he's not tactical like scott he's not powerful like gene he's not funny like bobby xavier has his own money he's not really a great businessman from what i saw when i was catching up on x corp so it's like what does he bring to this team everybody's like oh he's hot and he flies but I was like, there's nothing special about his flying. Is he supposed to be like really good at it? Is he supposed to have aerial combat? Does he use weapons in the air? None of that. Sam does all of those anybody, things. Anybody with jetpack of life. Okay. So it was just kind of like, no. Um, but Sam, one of the things that is about him <laughs> <laughs> is like how good he's supposed to be at flying and like hitting angles and aerial combat and stuff like that. And Vulture is a villain who uses a lot of good stuff in the air. So I would like to see them kind of go head to head. That'd be kind of cool. I feel like I, I also probably want uh, Vulture's suit to be a little bit more like souped up, you mm. know, and maybe him, maybe probably de-aged just a tad (laughs) (laughs) i think i think i like older than on may Mm. right i mean how old is on they always doing something with her sliding sliding time scale all the time all the time it doesn't make any sense I had to kind of switch and they haven't really used him too much as a villain recently that mm-hmm. I would like probably found that route to be a little bit more of a villain and that is art I would make him a Captain Marvel villain um, mm-hmm. one thing about my girl is like who is she going to 
is a scroll that has scroll power so he can shapeshift and he's got the powers of all the fantastic four mm, oh i am <laughs> does that feel a little too powerful for her though was that shade? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking a question. I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know too much about like who Carol. Obviously, we ask who is Carol going to fight. I think that when we give her someone to fight, it also needs to be someone she could be. And it's like a super scroll with the powers of Fantastic Four. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Captain Marvel could definitely. She got the four powers, her powers. It's almost strong enough for her to take. You know? I mean, okay. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) That's just where I got to be with that. I do. (laughs) I think she needs, she needs, she needs some stronger villains, you know, and I feel like, like, Clark has all four of the powers of the I think she's another one of those people who maybe you would have to um you would have to kind of like go back and give like some of those tech villains to because i think about like with the tech villains they're always looking for something powerful to build or like a new machine or like a new android or something like that so you need something that would probably be able to a, absorb her energy blast and the b be able to counteract her strength so throw her in there maybe she should fight a couple of reavers Lady Deathstrike would tear her up. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how none. I mean, they would take a wave of them to like become be a threat, but I'm with it. We'll see. <laughs> who who else we got on your list? Um, let me see here. My listing list. You know, I've got I've got another one, and it is um, Deathstroke. And okay. Wonder Woman. You know, he has that one suit, like one of these features on his suit is like this like icon technology thing where like mm-hmm. things that are bigger than a punch like don't hurt him or whatever. So that's how you explain how, how he takes on like Superman or something. And I think the fights with the Deathstroke and Wonder Woman would be hot. And mm-hmm. if especially if he has like that kind of armor on his suit, and I think that they're like what they will stand for oppose each yeah. other <laughs> you know um mm-hmm. deathstroke don't give a damn and wonder woman cares so i feel like the two of them could kind of clash and make some i can see that for a i can villain. see that and then deathstroke can actually fight so he's one of those people who will probably give diane a little bit of competition in, in that regard too so that that could work out a little bit i guess it just would come down to can his icon suit withstand her like punches which i'm sure they'd make it so it could mm. but uh, <laughs> it's just like yeah, but no, I would be into that. I think you know, cut her up a little bit. Just she little needs little. a little something. She needs, <laughs> she needs that. Um, another one of my other ones is one that I've said here before. It was a little bit of a relaunch for me, but I would like for Captain Betsy to fight a more of the Enchantress, and I actually would like a more to kind of have. <laughs> Of course, dear. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I do. Um, I was kind of like for a moment. Every, everybody loves a little, a little fave on fave violence. <laughs> it, it, it works sometimes. And it's like, because you don't know who to root for, really. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, 
I think of Amora, and she's someone who I would kind of like to see. Obviously, one of her big things is like Asgard. She actually really loves Asgard. She kind of wants to be in charge. She wants to rule it, but she loves for people to adore her and like want to give her everything and just be the object of everyone's affection. And I think she's her character has kind of gotten to a point where, as much as she loves Asgard, there are nine realms. You can go anywhere. And I think a more kind of exploring those other realms and then coming into other world and seeing this place like where Saturnine sits in this high position of power. That's something that I definitely see a more saying, oh, yeah, I could do this and I get my own people and people got to worship me and I got to do all this stuff. And I get my own little personal bodyguard of like a mutant superpower like thing. Yeah, totally want that happen. You know, I would totally be about that because, you know, I do have my feelings, but Amora has been really fun in the Captain Marvel books. And one thing about her, when she comes around, she's throwing some shit up. And I like I like her somebody's going to shake the table. So All the time. All the time. And then they're getting Amora's green. that will come green. in and probably dethrone. Um, what's that one witch? Saturnine? Uh, what's the main witch? Uh-uh. More. Oh, Morgan. Yeah, Morgan Doom's girl. Oh, oh, now and then you can like bring Doom in again, and you know I love me some Doom Betsy. I'm here for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, my last it, an X Men villain. Okay. People probably shouldn't be shocked by this. Would be uh and. Because, you know, I love a genocidal robot. Why not go mm-hmm. ultimate genocidal robot and just have him really send out some waves? Maybe even have him team up with Nimrod, you know, a Nimrod. Okay. Uh, uh, Ultron team up, AI. I can see that. That would, um, that's who Carol should fight. And it would make sense because she's like got history with the X Men too. So, <laughs> That would actually be kind of hot too. It would be like that would be the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we need to bring Ultron into the book. Woke something up because I don't know if she could actually with him and his adamantium. Mm-hmm. She could take. Hey, it might be time. Let's let's, let's call Kelly back up. Let her know. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that was the panel of the some villains. Let us know if you guys have any kind of villains you'd like to see across the different heroes. Um, yeah, and then we'll take a break and come back and talk about the Eternals. Yo, I got some thoughts. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just need to add better food to my diet. I need to do that too. But it's like eating, eating healthy is like so difficult. Like it's so yeah. difficult. And then you, especially when you have, and like everybody knows, I do not like to be in the kitchen at all. 
I do not like to mm. cook whatsoever. And so it's like a big part of heat, I mean, eating correctly is cooking all the stuff yourself. And it's who has the mm. time for that? And then, like, if you go out and buy healthy stuff, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just like you can't win. You can't. And then it like, it like it it like expires in like an hour and a half. <laughs> so you gotta so cook quick. it right then and there. Right then and there. And then it's just like no, again, then again, that requires me to go back into the kitchen. You gotta be in the kitchen like every single night. You can't have leftovers because it's not gonna taste as good the next day. It's ridiculous. And so that's, that's, that's why I just don't do it. Chipotle, you know, when I'm feeling spicy, I might go to a Wendy's. <laughs> Popeyes, that's my other Ooh, yes. I, okay, First of all, I just had Popeyes the other day uh, before I left for my trip, and um, I tried the hottie sauce, <laughs> and it's actually pretty like good. It. I like I it. Had it. Yeah. it was good. I was like, oh, this is like, it's got a little spicy kick to it. Somebody said um, yeah. it reminds them a little bit of Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce with, like, some heat. Okay. It, it makes me feel like it's like a sweet and sour sauce with like a little heat to it. Mm-hmm. I like it. It was hot. Hotty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, welcome back to another relaunch. And this section of the show, we're going to be doing a rewatch of The Eternals. Now, this movie just came out on this past Friday, and uh, it stars uh, Jimmy Chan, Angelina Jolie, um, Brian Tyree, and like so many of these like big name. <laughs> Big name uh, actors. Robert Madden. That's his name, right? Robert Madden. He was yes. in Game of Thrones. Yes. Good guy. One of my best friends saw him. Best friend saw him at Whole Foods. He's short. <laughs> <laughs> he looks short though. <laughs> it's because yeah. it's like he's, when I was when he's I was so soppy. Yeah. When I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, he must have been click clacking in these heels around the set because there's no way he is taller than everybody else. I and know he's short. his brooch boots and he was like giving. <laughs> he was giving a neat little pop. I was like, I'm here for it all the way. Yeah. So uh, Eternals is about the uh, the celestial beings uh, from in the movie. We are told that they're from Olympia, but later we found out that that's actually not the truth. But they were these um, celestial beings that have been sent to Earth to protect protect humans from the deviants now um i feel as though there was a lot of like crying like fresh (laughs) yes there was a lot of crying but there was because this was such a like a new property there was a lot Mm -hmm. to like they had to put into this you know they had to really like Mm -hmm. set the scene for people because let's be honest general the the general public don't know who the eternals are but i feel like this is the first like mcu property that even comic book fans don't know who the fuck eternals are like so really quick like i'm gonna jump forward to the end of my movie (laughs) we are like we are like in the movie both the after credit scenes have gone off you know everybody's kind of like sitting there waiting for people to go out and like digesting what they saw and there's this group of friends who's sitting next to me and when i tell you they were the most confused people i have ever seen at the end of a marvel movie in my entire life like i i could overhear them and all i heard was what i need to catch up i'm so lost what did we just watch what happened and then so I had to explain the second after credit scene to one of the guys. And he was like, what is the, what are they building to? What are they doing right now? He's like, I don't know what's going on. Two of the people in the group fell asleep. Oh, well, there were some sleepy moments in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> <A couple. laughs> this, this is long. 
It was. I, you know, and I will say, while I remember we were talking about this last week or two weeks ago, however long ago, about all the Eternals reviews that are coming out and people are kind of bashing it and saying it's bad or whatever. I don't necessarily agree with them that it was a bad movie. However, I do understand a little bit of the criticism because I do felt like some things, like you said, went on a little bit too long. Um, mm-hmm. And it felt that way at times. But like you said, this is a brand new Marvel property and they're trying to introduce a lot of stuff. So I would. I'll also say this movie felt like a big setup for a lot of future things that are coming down to the MCU, which is, I guess, a pro and a con of all MCU movies feel like a little bit of setup to a certain extent, obviously. Yeah. But this one, like more so just because it was like, we know they're the Eternals, but then we also know that next phase of the MCU is going on, all the stuff that's happening with the Celestials, um, some of the after credit scenes, it felt like, obviously, this is not the end of them. It felt like a part one of their story. If yeah, yeah, it definitely felt like a part one, like a, a really big setup for what you could do with them. Um, yeah. But again, that to me always feels like such a heavy thing to do because one of the things that I didn't necessarily like about this movie was that I didn't feel the stakes of it all. And But I feel like I rarely feel the stakes for the Eternals because they're eternal. Like, you're going to come back. Because, yeah. okay, let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead and dive right into the movie then. Because Okay, let's do it. There was a, there was like, so the the movie opens and we learn all about like the deviants basically right off the bat are attacking and they know exactly where the Eternals are. They're attacking them head on and Cersei gets attacked. Cersei and Sprite and um, I want to call him Black Knight even though he wasn't Black Knight yet. <laughs> Dane this movie. <laughs> Yeah, Dane. And um, we see some cool like little power stuff with Cersei. Um, I did find it interesting that they altered her powers where she has to touch things in order to transmute them. I think that, that was new. I don't know that she very, ever did anything very, like very that. Very I've, I've seen her. She's done it from far away in the comics. I think the touching thing was new. Yeah. Or at least just a way to like kind of like depower her for the MCU, I guess. Um, which they definitely did a lot with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie opens with the Deviants kind of already attacking and uh, they... Then it becomes this whole, like, let's get the group back together film. And mm-hmm. all of them are, like, traveling around and trying to get all the the, the team back together. Um, now, there was a moment where Ajak, Salma Hayek, is giving this, like, speech about, like, the Eternals and what they've been doing and how they've been protecting everybody. And later, we find out, um, after she dies, spoiler, we're going to get really spoiler heavy on this, sorry, y'all. So, after she yeah. dies, <laughs> uh, we, fi- we find out that, like, uh, Cer- Cersei was picked to be the new Eternal Prime, and she's the one who can talk to Erishim, the Celestial, who like created all of the Eternals. And he's basically giving them like, "Girl, you were confused before, but here go all the tea. Y'all mm-hmm. made y'all. Um, you, there is no Olympia. <laughs> like, like everything." <laughs> so they just flat out just told him, which was interesting. That like, you would think that they would have kept it more of a secret, I guess, but I guess he didn't care. It's interesting that Celestia's like, oh, who cares if you know the secret girl? Like, we're coming regardless. I, think, I was about to say, I feel like at that point, he was like, the emergency is going to happen. He's going to show up. So yeah. I don't really care if you know or not because it's about to happen. So whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, while he's giving that speech and he says like, like, oh, you know, I um, created you guys and uh, there's all these bodies. Like after you die from the previous planet, like you just get reborn into this new body. Soon mm-hmm. as he said that, I thought, okay, well then, what's stopping them from just like making another Ajax after she died? Nothing. Right? Like, can't they make another? Can't Ajax come back? 
Yeah. <laughs> I <think> so. <laughs> but I th- so for me, I thought that was kind of the point. That yes, we feel like in the beginning, oh, we feel all that like heartbreak that knowing Ajax is dead and all this other stuff. But then we find out, oh no, it's just a lie. She can come back. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's no longer about Ajax. It's about all the other people, all the right. humans that are about to die. Who, which was nice to see that not all the Eternals were so caring about. Like Kingo was very much saying, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Galactica. <laughs> I'll see y'all on the new world. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I liked that they were really like really really giving you all the information about the the Eternals, but I felt like some of it in revealing those aspects of it, it felt like that kind of took away the stakes because you could just come back. Very much so. Um, who were your favorite like Eternals in the movie all over? Um, as a whole, I would have to say, I mean. Let me just say it. Thena, like, Angelina Jolie gave every time she was on screen. That blonde wig, I was into it. All the weapons she was doing in her fight scenes, loved it. Um, I would have to say Makari was another one that, like, normally I don't go up for the speedsters, but every scene she was in was fantastic. I think I I have to see it again, but I think her fight scene against Cersei may have been my favorite. Mmm. It may have been. Okay. Um. And so Makari, Thena, and I want to say, I, I'm going to say Icarus. Really? What I didn't like about Icarus is what they ended up doing with him in this movie. I didn't like that they made him a villain. So I will say that the the story of Icarus and Gilgamesh kind of felt like they had been switched. I feel like their roles should have kind of been reversed a little bit. Just because when you think about Gilgamesh in the comic books, he is very much the eternal killer. Yeah. Um. So I could see him doing something like that. I did not care for Icarus at all, just in any sense. Even before it was all revealed about what he was doing and how he had kind of betrayed the team. It was just like, oh, you just tall and shooting your little laser beams and like you said they all felt a little weak because powered right they were taking a long time to take some of those deviants down a long time and i was like now now these these deviants don't look like they're supposed to give y'all this much trouble (laughs) and and i will say that was also another kind of issue i had with the movie i felt like the head deviant who they had who was killing the eternals and absorbing their powers his fight with Athena, it was a little anticlimactic um yeah i would i wanted that to me okay so honestly though i felt like that about all of the powers i think i mean all of the fights while i enjoyed some of the fight scenes and i enjoyed the cgi with them yes um i was happy with what they were doing with icarus because they warming up that cgi for when wonder man finally appears but (laughs) 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 you know they get that they get that practice in now but like it truly felt like everybody was still kind of like Depowered, yeah. Like Icarus should be way stronger than that. He was punt throwing punches like he was like Monet, or like <laughs> <laughs> not Monet. you know, <laughs> like um, where, was the, where was the multi multi ton strength coming from? I will say the the one who felt the strongest was Makari, but that was because okay. when she was fight, when she was fighting Icarus and she was like and so again like you said we are not the hugest fan of speeches but if you're gonna use a speedster that's how you're gonna use them the thing okay. i liked about makari a lot was she had a very lackadaisical kind of personality she was chilling she's the 
fastest woman in the world, I'm pretty sure most things don't hold her interest for a very long time. However, I like that they kind of made her a thief with that thing too. You know, I feel like a lot of the, every not a lot of, not a lot of speedsters. I want to say every speedster has the the personality of like they're impatient and like they are like. They, everything around them is moving too slow. So I like that they didn't just give her that kind of personality. They were like, oh, she's just like takes trinkets because she's so, so, so fast. Because she needs something to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like that battle part of just her going nonstop at Icarus. And it made me think that maybe that should be the thing with speedsters. Maybe they should be fighting like super powerful characters. That so would they give, that really would give them some. Shit. Yeah. Um, so she was the I honestly and, you know, it might be a blasphemous because as I say, I love a warrior woman, but I wasn't feeling Thena that much. Angelina Jolie is the coolest. She you wasn't, you wasn't, you wasn't feeling Thena, even though she was giving Betsy. <laughs> them battles was giving Betsy down. The the battles were nice, but the character herself, she was a liability. Damn, you ain't got to say it like that. <laughs> She's suffering from a mental illness. <laughs> She's got her mad weary, so we got to keep stopping the fights to calm her down because she's trying to kill us, so we got to potentially kill her. She got to hide off on the side because she can't of really that, though, Side note of this, of this mad... What was it, mad? Mad weary. Mad weary. I felt like they gave that to Angelina Jolie because they only had enough budget for like a few fight scenes for her. <laughs> Ange- Angelina Angelina Jolie told them, "I'm only working out for about a month and a half." <laughs> Y'all gonna have to you gotta give her something that doesn't put it. Um, yeah, I wasn't. Thena wasn't really giving it to me like that. I was happy. And then it, uh, the Mad Weary was also confusing me because she would be triggered by the battles that were happening. But once Gilgamesh, spoiler alert, once Gilgamesh dies, all of a sudden she's got control of it and she can go and fight Deviants with no problem. Right. And then, like, it was kind of coming out. But I thought that, like, she heard Gilgamesh's voice from that Deviant and maybe that kind of helped her shake it or whatever. Or that they were trying to say that she, like, was able to, like, I don't know, fight it off on her own. I don't know. Child. It was nice of Gilgamesh to take care of her for like however many years he was doing. That yeah. Was... I wish. I, actually, though, speaking of Gilgamesh, I... he was he was one of those characters that like he is an example. Him and I will say um, Kinga at times too were the examples of when they were getting a little too MCU with the comedy. Like mm. every line doesn't have to be cut with a joke. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah. like, but I feel like they just pretty much told like, you know, come on, Anjiani, just just be just be you, and we'll just be you. We'll work. Yeah, we'll work it out. Man. His Kingo was different. I I enjoyed it for the most part. I do wish I would have seen a little bit more of that Shadow Warrior stuff from the comic books. But no, he did nice. His finger gun power was a little strange. Um, I didn't I didn't really like it. I didn't like that it was just like. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like maybe I, maybe if we had a different hand movement or something, but it was effective. It did what it needed to. I like when he made the big bomb one and like blew the deviant's head off. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I also loved his ballet. Great part of it. Like he should have been the doing ballet was great because he was a yeah. really great addition to the team. And I loved how he stuck there as they were trying to go and stop the celestial. And then when Kingo decided whatever, we gonna peace out. He was still very much saying, hey. Thank you, guys. I think it's great. I think you're great. I don't know if I would have stuck with Kingo afterwards, because <laughs> I feel like you just let me know you don't care about my life. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not my place. Uh, they were great. Who else did I like? Cersei? Were you not a fan of uh, She was cool. Cersei? She it's, was nice uh, to me, too. She was, a, she she was, was the Cersei person. I wanted from the comics. She's not that party girl who's talking about sleeping around. She was very... 
she was a she was a teacher. She was Gemma Chan. <laughs> she, she was Gemma Chan. She was very kind-hearted and sweet and pretty and beautiful, powerful. Amazing. She did some amazing things with her power. She turned a uh, volcanic mm-hmm. rock into flowers. She was turning like things into water. She had a great time. Um, just. I'm I am also kind of an idiot, I guess, when it comes to her powers because when they talked about her changing the. So in the movie, they pretty much are building up that like Cersei's becoming more powerful, basically. Like she's like developing more stuff with her powers. Um, and she makes it a point to say that she can't turn like organic things, like she can't transmute organic things. But later, while she's fighting a deviant, she like is in this water and um, she like changes the deviant into a tree. Now, I thought that she just changed the water that the deviant was in into a tree and that's how she like attacked him i didn't realize that she actually turned the deviant like into that so is that what they were trying to say like she's gonna be able to do it against organics now i think so that's the thing powerful girl darling she's coming (laughs) yeah she's coming but it also makes me wonder you know so uh, again uh towards the end of the movie the we find out through the emergence once the celestial is born Earth will be destroyed, all the Eternals will get put somewhere else, and then the process will start all over again, because when that Eternal is created, he will create a brand new galaxy that spawns billions of planets. The Celestial stopped the Celestial, I mean, the Eternals stopped the Celestial from fully emerging, banding together, combining themselves, giving Cersei enough power to actually transmute him to stone? She did it to stone, right? I thought it was ice at first, but I felt like but I was like, ice wouldn't make no sense because the sun shining down on it. I feel like he melt, but it melts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she turns to stone. As a result, uh, Big Red, what was that celestial's name? The Big Red one? Erishim? Erishim. Yeah. Erishim. He ends up coming back. <laughs> <Not> Big Red. <laughs> Clifford. Um, he ends up coming back and grabbing the Eternal. So he grabs Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo? Yes. Yes. And he like tells them, okay, you went against me. He's like, I'm gonna judge this planet based on your memories, and he takes them away. I feel like kind of after whatever Cersei goes through with him, after he takes them mm-hmm. away, she might come back a little bit more badass because it's like I, she's gonna be part. How did you feel about that part when when at the end of the so we're at the end of the movie they they've done the whole like they get the team back together they fight the deviants off lots of really great intrigue and stuff that I thought were happening with the characters as far as like. Ajax knew the whole time, and then later we find out that um, she had already told um, Icarus, like, a while ago, like, a week before mm-hmm. all of this stuff even set off, and he was the one that actually killed her. Um, so we, like, are getting all of that from them, and we get towards the end with Erisham, and he says, like, you know, you guys stop this celestial. I'm going to come back and judge your memories to see if, if this planet is worthy. I don't know how I felt about that, because that's giving Galactus. So we skipping him. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe Galactus will be a celestial. See, MCU could doing too much now. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying, you know, it could be that's something what it that was, they try that's what it sounded there. like. <laughs> Is that what you get? Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm kind of okay not seeing Galactus. See, well, I mean, I want him. <laughs> I, I, wanna, say, I, wanna, I know I know I know that's like your corner that's your mix he's with that family that you like but uh, <laughs> such a bitch <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a okay on that so, I love it but I mean we'll see him eventually I'm sure um, yeah because they're gonna give us silver like surfer with this 
Oh, I feel like yeah. I feel like you have to have Silver Surfer, and you cannot have Silver Surfer without a Galactus. Unless they make Silver Surfer like I don't know, an Eternal. Yeah, could you or imagine? <laughs> if, you know, if, back if in the day, starting to like change a lot of shit. So <laughs> I was about to say, back in the day, I would have been like, they would never do something like that. But after seeing that Taskmaster, baby, I, like I, I said, the MCU, MCU made an enemy out of me with that one. I'm <laughs> past them now. So whatever. I- Icarus isn't like a fave of mine, but he's one character that like in the Eternals books, like I enjoy or whatever. But so watching this movie and seeing another like character that I kind of enjoy, like Turn. take a whole different approach to it. I'm like, all right, y'all, we doing too much on my faves. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I understand y'all changing a lot of my faves that are like, you know, lower tier on my list. But like as we get up to the top ones, <laughs> let's not Speaking switch some faves. shit up. Speaking of faves, to take a quick turn, did you catch that Excalibur and Arthur reference that they threw out there in the movie? Did you of hear that? Of course I caught it. Of course I caught it. Did but you hear it, that? As soon as soon as Thena picked up that sword and it was like, oh, is that the real like King Arthur um, sword of Excalibur? She's like, yeah, Excalibur. I was like, oh, King is gonna eat this up. I know he's gonna love this. Otherworld is coming. Sounds like it's coming. Mm-hmm. Otherworld is coming. It's gonna be so exciting. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. The first family is on the way. I'm very um that was fun. So we've seen the movie now. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Uh, we can always come back and talk about those those eternal folks. Uh because they I still want actually no. Let's finish about these eternals because I'm gonna talk about that little thing, Sprite. Do not like. Well, I mean, do you not like those characters? Because they gave the same kind of story to um Monster Girl and um Invincible, you know how there's like the kid who can't like change or become an adult, so it's like this weird. Mm-hmm. No, how do I we like treat Monster you? Girl and Invincible. I just don't like Sprite because she's insufferable. <laughs> like, because she's giving kitty, she's giving Kitty pride. Giving Kitty pride, very annoying. You know, we can totally empathize with you being stuck as this kid and you wanting to grow up. Fine, we can try and figure out something for that. But you betraying us. For this man who don't even like you. And then on top of that, not only, not only do you betray us for this man who barely even notices you, but then you stab me. I'm speaking of Cersei right now. You stab <laughs> me. Then you let me know that you have basically been envious of me my entire life, jealous of me, plotting behind my back. And you was just living with me a couple months ago. I hate her. <laughs> and then we just let her off the hook. Well, that's because Cer- I feel like comic book Cersei would have been like, no, bitch, you're not getting your uh, humanity. You're just going to have to live with what you made. <laughs> but, you know, MCU Cersei was like, I got a little bit of power left. I can change you into a into a human. I thought the way that they used the Unimind thing was interesting, too. Like it was mm-hmm. like a like a more of a power up. I don't remember it being a power up. I thought it was more of like a collective way for them to like communicate with each other. That's what I thought it was as well. But. I mean, maybe they'll just take it now as it's a power up, which, again, it's the MCU. They're going to change a couple of things to fit whatever they needed to fit. So I guess it's fine. But I don't necessarily think we'll actually see them do anything with the Unimind again. However, speaking of Unimind, let's talk about the person who created that and came up with that idea. Mr. Fastos, the icon himself and Marvel's Mm -hmm. first official gay character. (laughs) Yes. Let's give it up for him. He was another one that I actually really liked. Brian Tyree was great. I really like felt for him in his scene with the Hiroshima thing, but like mm-hmm. because he is obviously like being an inventor, you want to just invent and you want to see people like further their technology and you want to see them like just grow. Bro. And to see all of his inventions or whatever just kind of become 
what humans tend to do with things. <laughs> and um, that was really sad to see. And then you get this like word of him moving away from humans and kind of isolating himself. But then when we find back when we find him again, he actually has this husband and this son, and he has this family. And he talks about. Death. I mean, let's talk about it. His husband would have made me change my mind too. I would have okay. Like, I was here for it. <laughs> like I was here for it. And as he says, you know, these are the people who kind of helped me find my humanity again, or made me love humanity again because I love them. And again, it helps him go to Cersei's side to go and stop the emergence because he don't want to lose that. What's the point? His fine man and his cute son? No. Can't do it. Can't do it. But I also love that he had let the husband know everything. The husband wasn't shocked about any of the eternal stuff, the power stuff. Uh, Icarus ruined his table. He needs to buy him a new one when he eventually comes back. Mm-hmm. Well, you, think, you think he's going to come back? Yeah. So I, fast, uh, Also, fast forward to the movie listeners. Like At the after Icarus has like been been the villain and like pretty much all of them take him down, which again you have talked about how Icarus was so strong, but like the Eternals were like easy. they whacked his ass. <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> it was easy. Very easy. <laughs> um, but after he gets defeated, he just like flies away and then flies directly into the sun. Which I understand the the imagery and I understand like you know the connection there with Icarus flying into the sun. But, like, I just didn't like oh, the heat. Oh, Icarus flying into the sun. I didn't even think about that. I, I okay. just told my I just told my best friend who I saw this movie with that exact same thing yesterday. I was like, oh, I didn't like that Icarus died with him flying into the sun. Like, I get the imagery or whatever. He was like, oh, my gosh, Icarus <laughs> flying into the sun. I was like, how did you not? <laughs> was I the oh, only my one God. <laughs> I, I was just like, oh, he just killed himself. <laughs> Wow. Oh, wow. I think I like that scene a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. I thought I like the imagery of it. It was all really cool, like him flying into the sun um, and dying. But I just I did wish he wasn't like he didn't commit suicide. I wish he was still around even now. Like I think I bring him back. I guess now the question is going to become for me because of uh, the fact that we know the Eternals usually get reborn, however they're reborn. Oh, I guess that makes sense now because Erishim took Cersei, Kingo, and Fastos. Wherever he is, they'll probably go into the machine place where he builds all his Eternal copies and they'll get a new Icarus and Ajax. That's what I figured. Like, they get a new one. But yeah. he, but would he, would Erishim want to give them a new one? Does he, is that a request? Can, can they think, just do I it? Think, I think they'll, like, steal it. Okay, that'd be hot. I'd, I'd be interested. Or, I mean, Cersei knows where it is, right? So, or he might already have two that are up and ready, but he just uses them to fight against them, and they gotta like free them or something. Mm. Oh, do you expect there to be something in Eternals two or three where they gotta fight like a bunch of clones? Yes. However, you know I, mean? I also anticipate some type of maybe Eternals war. Oh, honestly, I'm into all of this that we just talked about. I think the Eternals are just <laughs> it's kind of hot. I think that they should stay in their own like corner. I don't really need them to like cross over into the other movies and stuff. I think they've got more than enough going on that they could just kind of stay. Yeah, so you wouldn't want to see any of these join the future Avengers team? I mean, yes, like Cersei and, uh, you know, whoever wants to like join the Avengers team for an Avengers movie. Yes, but I don't need them. To like appear with the Guardians or like you know pop up, pop up with the Avengers in their movies or something like if it's the big crossover movie you know Avengers Endgame Part Three or whatever the hell they they gonna call that like sure 
but I don't need them like starring in all this stuff. I don't or or their storylines like crossing over. They can just kind of stay in their own corner. Okay, that's understandable. I can agree with that uh, very much. So, oh my gosh, and Druig, who also felt a little weak for a telepath, but he it was, was also like they wouldn't they wouldn't go there with like calling it telepathy. It was like, oh, he can just like control these people's minds, but like he wasn't like reading minds, like doing all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Just possessing them. Yeah. It was hot though. I was into mm-hmm. it. And him and Makari's energy was great. They that, were cute they together. Were I like I like their like flirtations and stuff like that. That was hot. I I did yeah. like that they didn't make them a couple because <laughs> I feel like that would have been bad for Makari because then she's just around to be the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I no, like that. That was great. Um, but now skipping ahead, we get to the end of the movie. We're at our first post credit scene. We have Aramis has taken Cersei, <laughs> Kingo, and Fastos away. However, Makari, Thena, and Druig yes. are on their on their ship and they've just realized, okay, we can no longer find them. Thena kinda assesses that Arisham took them and then somebody pops up on their ship. We get Pip the Troll, who I wonder if they're gonna tie him into the Asgardian stuff as well, because there's a Pip in Asgard. Is it the same but Pip? Because this I don't this, know. this Pip, I when he first appeared, I was like, is that <laughs> Pip? That was the first thing I thought. Cause like yeah. um I know Pip from X Factor, from the uh yeah. pad run of X Factor. He was in that a bunch. And oh, um right. he did pop up there. And He's just like a random character to me, so I never thought that I'd ever see him in like a live action. <laughs> that, was, that was crazy when I saw because that was me. I was like, oh, it's Pip. I was like, oh, but then nonetheless, we get the newest Eternal who pops up, Mr. Eros, aka Star Fox, played by none other than, spoiler alert, Harry Styles. And I'm gonna let you know something. I did not move, and I thought, I just wow, this is a mistake. Nothing moved. Um, <laughs> and this is no shade to Harry Styles. I've personally never seen too many. I haven't seen a lot of movies that he's in. I actually don't think I've seen any movie that he's in. So I can't attest to his acting skill. I feel like Harry Styles is just one of those people, though, when he's in something, the movie becomes more about Harry Styles than his yes. character. Um, right. Which can be a little... And like you said, it's, it's no it's no knock on him, you know. Um, I like the little Watermelon Sugar song. It's cute. But, yeah. like, I... <laughs> it's cute (laughs) but like him as an actor when he walked up i was like oh this is harry styles i'm not getting star fox from this like and i if anybody has ever read a she-hulk run you should probably know the history of star fox and he's not really the easiest character to kind of digest in a sense uh he's mm-hmm. often been accused of forcing characters mainly women to like be in relationships with him have sex with him he's been put on trial for it, it was the thing with him and she hulk when they dated so i've read a lot of his characters and he could be a little problematic so it's going to be kind of interesting to see how they interpret him in the mcu i think they're going to make him like fluid like sexually fluid i think that like Instead of it being where he like makes women and females fall in love, like fall for him, and he's like basically controlling them, I think they're gonna be like, oh, it's just anybody in the room, like everybody just falls for him. Mm-hmm. Do not want, please do not have him go to the MCU Disney Plus She Hulk show. Ooh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I don't want that for you because when I saw him, I was like, oh, MCU's starting to click down again. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I, I have to stop saying that. I feel like I'm constantly saying the MC was clicking down. <laughs> I will say, although I didn't really necessarily care about Harry Styles and Star Fox, I did like the implication that there are, uh, and they had already said it, but I like the implication that there are more Eternals out there. And it'll be interesting to yeah. see them kind of pop up and who else comes around the world. Mm-hmm. And we've so, been reading this Eternals run, and we've seen that, I think there was in that annual where they've talked about Eternals that have like left like mm-hmm. the internal like, camp, like they've just gone off and done their own thing. Um, so it'll be interesting if we get any of those other characters around. Yes. Um, and so then fast forwarding ahead, because there is a second after credit scene. So, you know, always, you know, it's still kind of shocking to me when I see people leave to the first after credit scene. Right? How long have we been doing this now? It's been about 20 years. How long have we been <laughs> What's going on? Where are y'all going? Uh, but nonetheless, we get to the second after credit scene. We have Mr. Dane Whitman. He has what looks to be the Ebony Blade. And uh, it's got this imprint on it. It says Death by Sword or something like yes. that. It's something about dying. And mm-hmm. we hear all these kind of like whispers, spirits, and he's figuring out he's got to grab it because, again, Cersei's been kidnapped. He was there. He's like, I got to get my girl back. And right before he grabs it, we hear a voice. Do you know who that voice was? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was Let like, you it. keep winning. Why do, why is, why is it that like when it's time to get the cosmic shit, everything is shaky? <laughs> <laughs> Let me but when you. it's time for that stuff, you like it is. It's it's, it's planted firmly. As soon as I heard you sure you know what to do with that, I was like, oh wow, I know who that voice <laughs> is. Mr. Mahershala uh-huh. Ali, aka Blade, is coming. Okay, mm-hmm. and so. The boy who was sitting next to me, I had to tell that to him because he was very confused. And so I was like, with the voice, I said, you know who the voice was? He said, no. I said, it was Mahershala. He said, Ali? I said, yes. He's cast. (laughs) (laughs) I said, yes. He's been cast as Blade. And he goes, what are they building to in this universe? I just don't understand (laughs) anymore. And I was just like, okay. I was like, I'm not talking to you people anymore. (laughs) I I feel like a lot of, like, the general public right now is confused in this, like, phase four era because it's not it's not building towards a thanos where something's coming they're literally just building the universe now like they're just building they're not building towards anything they're just building the universe yeah (laughs) they got lives the people got lives and they got their own rose galleries that everybody doesn't need to fight one person Mm -hmm. hey that's where we at but I screamed a little bit internally, so I'm very excited now for that. I mean, I, okay, so I didn't, I didn't instantly know who it was. My first thought was, I thought it was Nick Fury, but then um, my friend was like, if it was Nick Fury, they would have shown his face. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna have, like. <laughs> We've seen Nick before. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you went that out. Was definitely, that was <laughs> so, now, but now, now I'm worried. I'm not worried. I mean, to, uh, Black Knight. Not really, but they're both. "Quote unquote Midnight Suns." Oh, oh, yeah. Well, Black Knight isn't really a Midnight Sun. However, he kind of plays around with the characters who are Midnight Suns, and he also fits into that world a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line we do have a new Midnight Suns book, and he is a part of it. I was gonna ask, do you think they're gonna do a Midnight Suns? Like, oh, I would love movie? that. Because with Moon Knight coming, that. right? Don't aren't they practically a building when they're. We got Blade. We now have Black Knight in the mix. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Elsa Bloodstone somewhere. Um, sure. Werewolf by Night, I believe, was cast or rumored oh, to be. Oh, he was just cast, yeah. Yeah, so they're coming. And I cannot mm-hmm. wait. 
I love that franchise. It, and it now builds I'm, up the, like the supernatural corner too. Like I feel like it's not on the on the main like you know forefront right now, but in the back burner they're really building up that supernatural corner mm-hmm. along with the magic stuff too. Wanda, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse, and it's all coming together. My corner is set. Child. Both of them. The magic corner and the street corner are set. The superhero corner is fine. We got Infinity War and all them other, and all them other stuff. It's it's when they start to get a little cosmic that. <laughs> you got, you got Guardians. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Guardians 1 and 2. Uh, uh, <laughs> 3 is coming. I guess you could claim Thor a little bit. I guess we can kind of claim Thor. Yeah. That was that, a good one. I mean, Ragnarok was good. That's what I mean. I wasn't talking about, <laughs> 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 um, talking about the other one. Though I am excited for Love and Thunder, obviously. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. dope. Um, I think they finished rapping and filming that, too. I, so I've been seeing all these images of the quote-unquote promotional material, but I don't mm-hmm. know how it is because I haven't... I'm one of those people, I don't really believe anything until I hear from Marvel themselves, even if it is right. possibly true or real. Is I need to hear from the horse's mouth because they like to change things at the last minute also. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I've heard some rumors out here in L.A., um, I've you know talked to some people. I've got some friends that work in certain places <laughs> that uh, you know have let me know some things. And I think that like love Thor, Love and Thunder is gonna be interesting because I've heard that they are going to continue with the like cancer storyline with Jane. I don't know if they're gonna keep mm-hmm. Jane because honestly, I don't think it has anything to do with Jane. I think it's Natalie Portman probably ain't gonna stay around. <laughs> you know, she said y'all getting one and done. <laughs> right. She read the story and she's like, oh, um, she dies at the end. Great. She gives the hammer back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like Thor Love and Thunder is going to be dope. I'm excited for a few more things they have coming up. Did you feel as though Eternals gave us any inclination that mutants at all were coming? Were there any parts in this movie that you felt that way? For me, there was a part where Ajak was giving a speech while they were in Babylon. I think mm-hmm. she was actually talking to Airship, and she was like, you know, this planet and, like, these people can produce such wonders, and, like, they have, like, this thing in them that they're going to be something different, and, like, mm-hmm. they could be something different. And I recall them also saying something about that the Eternals could maybe mate and have kids with other things. Or did they say they couldn't? I don't remember. I think that they said that they could. But I don't think that they mentioned anything about their children or something having, like, superpowers or something. So I will say during Ajax's speech, I kind of got that same vibe. I feel you on that a little bit. However, other than that, no, I didn't see any implication of the mutants. And guarantee I was looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. I was definitely looking. Um, <laughs> it, it seemed very much like we will, um, we're going to get there. And this is definitely going to, like, give you a little taste of what could possibly come with the mutants or at least wake people up to the idea of just superpowered beings like being around um i will say that this movie was definitely affected by the pandemic um you could tell that this was supposed to come out i think that they the eternals were supposed to be there during the snap i think that that was like the original Mm. plan like during the snap that they were there um and like all this stuff was Happening. 
say, oh, this is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this is. I feel it. What yeah. Think? I feel so. I heard someone saying, too, that they felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect between the movie that Chloe was trying to make and the movie that the MCU was trying mm-hmm. to put out. Um, and I feel like that could be a little bit of it as well. But I that think that's where be- all the bad reviews came from, honestly. Like, or why people may not be taking like latching on to this movie the way that they have to others because mm-hmm. half of it feels like this Chloe Zhao indie movie. You know, a lot of a lot of um, sunrises and shots behind hands, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could <can> see silhouettes <laughs> and stuff. A lot of far out shots and these really pretty stuff. And but then you also get the MCU stuff on it, so it feels a little dis disjointed um especially with some of her action scenes you could tell that chloe Zhao doesn't do that because i personally prefer like when there's a shaky camera and you can you're really following the action and you like are in it versus like a steady cam where you're really focusing on everything being pretty like you want this to look like beautiful yeah so you have the steady cam and you are like making sure you're taking in all the shots like steady yeah, but that's no, just her that's her style, so like that makes sense for her, but I don't know if it really fit for the movie. Us hero movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I thought the movie itself was very cool. Um it did a lot of great world building. There was a lot of emotion behind the Eternals. Again, I did feel as though there was a lot of crying. I guess you could kind of say that over time they just felt a little bit more human and they lost some of that disconnect. Um but at the same time, I also didn't like how all of them couldn't fight. And I understand that there was supposed to be like half with the fighters and half with the thinkers. But baby, you've been alive for 7,000 years. You ain't learned how to throw one punch. And, okay, let's talk about that because you're talking about half with the fighters and half with the thinkers. That don't mean shit. Y'all can't practice. Why you don't know how to do, why you don't know how to do more shit with your powers? Like something. Like something. Because, again, if you are literally sent to this planet to fight deviants... You think you know how to fight. And it's been 7,000 years. What the hell you been doing? Sprite. Go, go, go practice. <laughs> Annoying ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, overall, though, what would you... Would you would you rate this movie? And what would you recommend it? Well, like, would you recommend it? I would rate it a 3 out of 5. I think it was yeah. fine. I think it... <laughs> don't say it like that's a bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, I read it three out of five. I think uh, it did feel a little just disjointed at times, uh, but I do feel as though there was a lot of great world building inside. There were a lot of really good character moments throughout. I felt as though some of the tension between the Eternals felt very genuine. The love between some of them felt very genuine. Again, like Makari and Druid scenes knocked out of the park. Gilgamesh and Thena was very sweet. I didn't really buy it from Cersei and Icarus, but you could also kind of say they have been separated for so long, so who knows? Mm-hmm. But... I think for me, I would not go and see this again. I would watch some. I would watch some clips again, like some action scenes every now and again. The like when scenes. they were fight, the fight scenes, I would definitely watch those again if they were posted online. I wouldn't go see the movie as a whole again, but I would still recommend it to other people because I think it's something that everyone should get a chance to experience. You know, I'm I'm very big on 
see it for yourself, form your own opinion. And I think as an MCU, mm-hmm. like I said, it's setting up a lot of stuff for the future. So I feel like with things that are going to happen, you're going to going to want to see Eternals. You might end up like that crew that was sitting next to me and be very confused and feel like you have to go and watch it again. But mm-hmm. you should at least have the <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> Um, I mean, I pretty much agree with most of what you said. I also would give it like a three out of five. I would also recommend it to people just to get their own ex- experiences with it. I will say that like overall, it, like it had a lot to tackle as far as being a completely new property, one that nobody even knows. So there's mm-hmm. a lot that they had to really do with it to kind of make it like a complete film. Um, but I will say that like there were some parts that didn't work for me, um, some parts that did work for me, and it was not nearly as bad as the the critics are trying to say no. um no not at all it it's definitely not something movie. like it was a fine movie right um and my thing with these superhero movies are the way that i grade them is like was it how comic book accurate was it because that does that is important to me um it doesn't have to be straight from the page but like did you get the spirit of the of the event wow. or whatever this is based off of like did you get the spirit of it um and was i entertained you know, overall, like, was I entertained? And, like, was it, like, a solidly done movie? And I was entertained for the most part, you know? And it's a solid done, yeah, so. I was definitely entertained. I definitely laughed at some of the jokes. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to see what happens with them next and where they mm-hmm. go and where we go from here and what happens with the Eternals. I'm ready. I am not... I still don't know if I'm a Eternals fan yet. <laughs> I do like the comic, but I think that's just because the comic just is well done. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we'll see. It's giving hell. It's giving Hellions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But again, like you said, we'll see. Yeah. All right, y'all. So that brings us to the end of the show. Please let us know what you guys think of the Eternals, and if you've seen it, uh, you know, tweet us your reactions your spoiler uh take us and all that stuff uh, make sure your you favorite check out. eternals are yes um and you know let me know also if y'all think galactus is really going to come or if he's going to be replaced by a celestial um because that's what i think is going to happen really i just don't see it that is. happening it was just the way that they said like oh we're going to come back and judge this place i was like this ain't that basically what galactus do you can't keep doing the but same i mean but does Galactus really judge things, or does he just no, destroy it? he just destroys it. But then, like, like, one on the planet has to stop him. So I assume the Celestial will be like, oh, this planet ain't worthy. I'm gonna just kill you. And then we get Sue to come out and take out the Celestial because it's what my girl oh, does. Is that what she can do? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so now this also... Well, I mean, I guess the Celestials are supposed to be these overpowered beings anyway, but it kind of gets to the point where it's like, why y'all not doing nothing? You know what I want to see? Have we, we haven't seen the Watcher yet, have we? Good, not outside of like what if no oh wait yes we did we did in um oh this was actually it's kind of a sad to think about it was uh um stan lee's like final cameo i think was mm-hmm. do you remember and i forget which movie it was now there was a scene where oh it was guardians i think it was uh, guardians 2 where he was like mm-hmm. there was a ship or something that flew by and he was talking with the watchers like on some ship or something do you kind of remember that no. And it, there, was, there was a rumor. There was a rumor because he, because Stan had his cameo with those other watchers, mm-hmm. that like, oh, made Stan a watcher. Like that's why he was able to make all those cameos oh. because he was a watcher. 
Got it. That's a cute reference. Um, I don't remember that because I don't remember too much of Guardians 2, and I don't think I'm actually going to go back and look for it. But... You shouldn't. I like <laughs> It's basically where I was going with that whole thing. <laughs> we'll definitely get some more watches in there. Um, all right, y'all. Uh, make sure you check us out on wherever you catch your podcast at. Please rate and subscribe us. Um, you can find us on most social media platforms at Another Relaunch and on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV if you want to watch. You can find me on most social media platforms as Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at Keenan Lance. There's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.